Well, in case we haven't met yet, my name's Carlos, and I'm the church planting pastor here at Sunrise Community Church. Si tal vez no nos hemos conocido, mi nombre es Carlos, y soy el pastor plantador aquí en Iglesia uh, Amanecer. And currently working together as a community in planting a new church in Visalia that we call Imago Church. Juntos estamos plantando una nueva iglesia en Visalia que llamamos Iglesia Imago. And I'm always grateful to have an opportunity to be able to share God's word, but also to be able to share an update about what God is doing in and through this mission that he has called us to together. Les quiero poner al día en esta misión y en lo que Dios sigue haciendo por medio de este ministerio y esta nueva plantación de iglesia. And um, we're going to read the scripture in just a minute, but... Just a bit of an update. We would really, I think, categorize and define this entire summer as a time of preparation and thoughtfulness. Este verano para nosotros como los líderes de Iglesia Imago es un tiempo de discernimiento y preparación. It's thoughtfulness and preparation for what's coming ahead, for what God is going to do in the fall. The rhythm of summer is a bit different where things slow down a bit, so we've been doing the same as well. We've taken time on Sunday evenings to come together as leaders, to be able to sharpen one another, and to be able to pray and envision what's coming next. Hemos tomado tiempo este verano como líderes para, para discernir y para um, desarrollar no, no, y equiparnos como líderes en el reino de Dios. Y también planear por lo que viene en, eh, des, después del verano. And there have been a number of topics that we've touched on together as a community. We've actually touched on what it means to be a servant of God. Hemos hablado juntos como líderes qué significa ser un siervo de Dios en el reino de Dios. That's been one of the major topics That to be called by God means that we are called to love and serve God, to care for ourselves and by extension of our family, and then to serve and minister to others as well. And that we as leaders in the kingdom of God are called to be hosts, or called to be stewards, and we're called to be active leaders. Hemos hablado de qué significa ser un líder en el reino de Dios, ser un líder activo. And so it's been quite a journey together. And uh, another big topic that we have talked about as well has been about this goal. And I want everyone here to be praying for it. And I want everyone here to please commit in praying and even thinking through how we can accomplish this goal together, which is we are in need of, as if we want to plant this healthy church, we need a critical mass. What does that mean? A group of about 50 to 80 committed people that are saying, yes, this is my mission. This is my call. I'm stepping out in faith. I'm going even if it seems scary and unfamiliar, but we're going together, trusting in the Lord completely. Tenemos esa necesidad de 50 a 80 líderes que van a servir y, y desarrollar y plantar esta iglesia. Similarly to the way 20 years ago, Sunrise was planted with that 52 to a number of people who came and said, yes, we're going to plant this church together. 
Nos estamos multiplicando y haciendo lo mismo. We have this prayer and this very real need for level one leaders, for leaders that can lead themselves and can lead others, can lead others to draw near to God, to connect with the living Lord, with the source of life. So that's our prayer, and those are things that we ask you to join us in. Esas son nuestras oraciones, nuestras peticiones, y les pedimos que por favor nos acompañen en oración y acción también. And just a couple of other things, um, on August 4th, be praying as well, because we're going to go as a group of leaders up to three rivers, and we're going to take an entire day just to pray. Vamos a tomar un día entero para orar y planificar. We're going to pray and ask God to give us the wisdom and give us the guidance on how we can implement some of this vision, some of this mission, some of this call that God has called us to. But as I mentioned, I'm especially grateful today to have the opportunity to be able to share God's word. Me da tanto gozo ponerlos al día con Iglesia Imago, pero especialmente para compartir la palabra de Dios esta mañana. And the scripture today actually comes from three different books that are similar books. La escritura de hoy viene de tres diferentes escrituras, pero, pero de cartas similares, las cartas de Juan. Today we're going to be looking at the letters of John. And the first passage will be in 1 John 5.21. The second passage will be in 2 John verse 12. And the third passage will be in 3 John Verses 3 to 4. We'll have the third John passage up right behind us. Vamos a, a tener tres escrituras hoy. Primera de Juan 5.21. Segunda de Juan versículo 12. Y tercera de Juan versículos 3 y 4. Pero a, aquí en la pantalla vamos a tener nomás el pasaje de tercera de Juan. But I will read God's word aloud for us. Voy a leer la palabra de Dios primero en español y después en inglés. I will read the scripture for us first in English, first in Spanish, and then in English. Primera de Juan, capítulo 5, versículo 21. Queridos hijos e hijas, apártense de los ídolos. Segunda de Juan. Versículo 12. Aunque tengo muchas cosas que decirles, no he querido hacerle por escrito, pues espero visitarlos y hablar personalmente con ustedes para que nuestra alegría sea completa. Y tercera de Juan, versículos 3 y 4. Me alegré mucho, me alegré mucho cuando vinieron unos hermanos y dieron testimonio de tu fidelidad y de cómo estás poniendo en práctica la verdad. Nada me produce más alegría que oír que mis hijos practican la verdad. La palabra de Dios. I read the scriptures now in English beginning with 1 John. Chapter 5, verse 21. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. Second John, verse 12. I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. 
Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. And third John, verses 3 and 4. It gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth, telling how you continue to walk in it. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Vamos a orar juntos. Gracious God, we thank you and we give you praise. Te damos gracias, Señor, y te damos toda la honra y la, y la gloria esta mañana. We thank you and we give you praise for the God that you are. Merciful, slow to anger, gracious and quick to listen. Te damos gracias, Señor, porque eres un Dios de bondad y de misericordia. And Lord, we read in this passage just John calling even the people that he is ministering to and he is leading, calling them children. You, Lord, you call us your children. Nos llama, Señor, hijos e hijas de Dios. And I pray, Lord, that we would be able to live into that calling of children. That we may see the examples that children give us on how we can trust you and how we can follow you. Te damos gracias, Señor, por el ejemplo de los niños y las niñas. Un ejemplo espiritual que nos dan, Señor, de confiar en ti. Lord, we just confess today that you are our sustainer. Tú eres el que nos sostienes, Dios Santo. And we pray, God, that you would guide us this morning to be able to learn something new through your precious word. Guíanos, Señor, para que hoy podamos aprender algo nuevo por medio de tu palabra preciosa. We pray this in the faithful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So we read through three different books today that are actually sometimes the size of just one book in the Bible or shorter than one book in the Bible. Many times we can hear passages or sermons that are preached on 1 John, but I don't think I've ever heard a sermon preached on 2nd or 3rd John. Creo que yo jamás he escuchado un, una predicación en segunda o tercera de Juan. Casi siempre el enfoque es en primera de Juan. But today we're actually going to do a bit of an overview on the letters of John and why they matter. Hoy vamos a, a hacer un resumen de las cartas de Juan y cuál es el significado de esas cartas. Just a little bit of background on the letters of John and on the first letter of John, which is the longest letter. It has this theme of love. What does it mean to love in a way that is real and in a way that is authentic? La tema de primera de Juan es el amor auténtico. And what John says, how he concludes his entire idea, is that when we place our full and functional trust in God, we will show the love of God by loving our neighbors. 
El amor de Dios se demuestra por medio de nuestro amor a nuestro prójimo. Es lo que nos dice en Primera de Juan. And if we want to be able to love our neighbors well, then we need to stay connected to the living God, to the source of all life. Si queremos realmente amar a nuestro prójimo, necesitamos permanecer en Cristo, en Dios. And here in verse 21, we see the very last words that John uses to conclude this letter. This letter that has been all about this idea of an authentic and real love. Aquí vemos la conclusión de esta carta en versículo 21. We see the following. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. If we can have the, the verse in Spanish while I read it in English, please. Or never mind. You can follow along in your Bible. 1 John 5.21 Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Es como, como concluye ese pasaje de primera de Juan. Queridos hijos, apártense de los ídolos. John concludes one conversation about authentic love and then in his second letter is beginning another conversation. He is talking about how we walk and live out the truth in love together. Second John is a letter about life together. Segunda de Juan es una carta sobre cómo podemos vivir la vida juntos como el pueblo de Dios. The concern that John has is of people, even of followers of Christ, of the people of God getting lost in a false hope. And the reality is that when we get lost in a false hope, that's the same as having no hope. At all. Juan aquí está hablando de una esperanza viva, de un evangelio auténtico. John gives a warning. He ends with this warning. Do not give yourselves to idols. Do not give yourselves to the wrong thing. No se entreguen a los ídolos. No se, conf no, 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 no se conformen a lo secundario, a lo que realmente no los puede sostener. Seek the real thing. Seek the real love of God. The only thing that can truly sustain you and the weight of your soul. Esta es una advertencia que da Juan al pueblo de Dios. Que no nos entreguemos a lo incorrecto, a los ídolos. Pero en vez amar a Dios y amar a otros como Dios nos ama y poner nuestra confianza en las manos de este Dios, el que realmente nos puede sostener. Los ídolos y la esperanza falsa no lo va a poder lograr. Do not give in to secondary things, is what John says here. Do not give in to the appearance of hope or even the appearance of love. But he puts it very clearly. Keep yourselves from idols. Now, if we're reading this passage, we need to ask ourselves, what exactly does that mean? What is an idol? ¿Qué es un ídolo? Estamos viendo aquí en la Escritura que nos dice que debemos que 
que, que no tener los ídolos, pero ¿qué realmente es un ídolo? What is an idol? An idol is giving ourselves to a specific thing, a specific person, a specific object in a way that only God can sustain. Un ídolo es cuando vemos una persona o un objetivo en una manera que solamente Dios puede sostener. To serve an idol is to serve and worship the wrong God. Servir un ídolo es servir a un Dios equivocado. Anything that in our lives is a first priority over God, that is a potential idol. Esas cosas en nuestras vidas que ponemos como una gran prioridad hasta que ponemos antes de Dios, esas cosas son ídolos. I love the way someone once put it. That an idol is what we get touchy about when someone tries to touch on it. Un ídolo es algo que, que, que tal vez um, no, nosotros nos... nos no, nos da tanta pena cuando alguien nos quiere confrontar sobre esa cosa. Un ídolo es cuando tratamos de alabar a algo en la manera que solamente Dios merece. So an idol is what we get touchy about when someone tries to touch on it. And the amazing thing is that we see John here talking to the people of God. John is not talking to the entire world, but he is talking to the people of God, knowing that it is just as common of a temptation for us as God's people to give ourselves to idols. Es, es posible y es común para nosotros como el pueblo de Dios también para caer y atraernos a los ídolos. It can be so easy to give in to worshiping something or someone that is not God. Es fácil poder um, alabar y darnos completamente y someternos a algo que no es Dios. And this is a strange phenomenon that even happens in churches, believe it or not. Esto es algo que puede ocurrir hasta dentro de las iglesias. I've seen it happen year after year. I've seen it happen in big churches or small churches or poor churches or rich churches. Something can sometimes take the place of God, whether it be a personality, whether it be an idea or a culture or an agreement or all having the same ideas. Those things can creep up and take the place that only God can sustain. An idol, especially in a church, is when too much attention is given to the wrong object. Un ídolo, especialmente en las iglesias, es cuando se da demasiada atención a algo equivocado. An idol in a church is when we begin to say that, you know what, it really comes down to Jesus plus one. But the reality is this. Jesus plus one makes the gospel into none. Jesus plus the way you dress. Jesus plus the way that you conduct yourself. Jesus plus 
you trying to take steps towards saving yourself. No, Jesus plus one makes the gospel in to none. And it's very possible to just get lost and to give ourselves to the wrong things. Es posible poder perdernos en las cosas equivocadas. Esos son los ídolos. The gospel made known in Christ is the message, the message that John is emphasizing here. El evangelio es lo que está, es, es tan enfático aquí. El apóstol Juan nos está dando este mensaje del evangelio. It is this gospel message that needs to be the core of our reality. The core of our reality as individual disciples and as a church community. Este evangelio es lo que realmente nos puede sostener. What John is saying here is do not settle. Do not settle for secondary things. Do not make the core of your life anything else. Do not make the core of your life your ups or your downs or your joys or your sorrows or your plans or the good old days or the fantasy of your future. That will not sustain you. Eso no nos puede sostener. It is only Jesus Christ, the living Lord, the personal God, the one who is authentic love, the one who can give us a living hope, not a dead hope. It is only He that can sustain us. It is only He that can be the rightful center of our lives. Everything else will crumble. Todo lo demás no lo va a hacer. Y nos, va, nos está diciendo Juan aquí que, no, nos, que no, no, no seamos conformes a lo secundario. We are called not to conform to secondary things. But instead, may this living Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, may He be the center of this church, of Sunrise and of Imago Church and of our hearts. May He be the center. Que Cristo sea el centro de esta iglesia y de nuestras vidas. Because the reality is that as soon as we get out of here, there's all kinds of distractions. All kinds of distractions that are just blasting at us. All types of distractions that can lead us astray. To walk away from the good stuff, from the real stuff, from this authentic love and living hope of God. John is sharing hard words with those that he loves. Because sometimes the most loving action that we can take is having a hard conversation with someone that we love. Juan está compartiendo palabras duras con aquellos que él ama. Porque a veces la acción más amorosa puede ser tener una conversación difícil con aquellos a quienes amamos. One thing that I know to be true about everyone that's here is that everyone here has a family. Todos aquí tenemos familias. Now, whether that's the family of your origin or another variation of that, the truth remains that we belong to families. 
My wife Charlotte and I last week actually got to celebrate our six-year anniversary. We got to celebrate the beginning of our family. We've been married for six years and we've known each other for 11 years now. La semana pasada celebramos nuestro aniversario de seis años, yo y mi esposa, como empezamos nuestra familia. And I'll never forget, as we were talking about it and we were sharing stories of the past 11 years knowing each other and six years of being married, we actually remembered our premarital counseling. Nos, nos recordamos de, de los consejos que, la consejería que tuvimos antes de casarnos. And we had premarital counseling with a good friend of mine, a pastor I used to work with, and he did something that we're never going to forget trying to remind us of this, that sometimes the most loving thing can sometimes require hard conversations. What he did is he asked us to sit in the middle of the room with two chairs. And he just had Charlotte and I sit in those two chairs and just look at each other. We were just staring at each other. And as we were looking into each other's eyes, he said two things that we're never going to forget. He said, right now, you're looking at a very special person. And remember this, no one will ever love you as much as the person that's looking at you right now. But you also need to know this, no one will ever hurt you as much as the person that you're looking at right now. Those that we love deepest, we can also have hard conversations with. Lo que me dijo el, 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 el consejero cuando nos estamos preparando para, para nuestro matrimonio es que jamás alguien te va a amar o dañar tal como esta persona, tal como tu esposo o tu esposa. Love will always be vulnerable. Amar requiere ser vulnerable. If we want to just put up a front that we're not ready to love. Love will always be vulnerable and because of that vulnerability at times we're going to have to have hard conversations just like John is having with this group of people. Amar es ser, ser vulnerable y a veces eso va, 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 va a tener un requerimiento de tener conversaciones difíciles. Hard conversations or what sometimes what the Bible calls admonishment, to admonish one another. El amor siempre será vulnerable y a veces va a causar conversaciones difíciles. It's what the Bible calls admonishment. I love the way that uh, this thinker from way back in the day, 500 years ago, Martin Luther, he put it very well. He said that my unwillingness to admonish my brother or sister or to have a hard conversation with my brother or sister in Christ is actually a secret sign of my hatred for them or of my apathy for them. I don't care. But when we love each other, we're willing to go the extra mile to have the harder conversations. Cuando amamos en una manera auténtica, estamos dispuestos a tener las conversaciones más difíciles. John here is both tough and tender. John is direct but not 
rough. And that's why we, as a community, as we do life together, it's going to require hard conversations at times. Como una comunidad eh, eh, que, que está viviendo en un amor auténtico, a veces vamos a necesitar tener conversaciones difíciles. Sometimes maybe you've had those with each other. Or maybe you've had them with Pastor Russ or with myself. But know that if those conversations are happening, it's not because you are disliked, but it is the complete opposite. Because you are loved. And because together we want to see each other flourish. We want to see each other not give in to secondary things, not give in to idols, but into the true love of God, into the one thing that can sustain us. In 2 John verse 12, we read just this letter, this verse about living life together. To live life together is to be honest, to have hard conversations, but it is also, as we see here in this passage, a call to actually be physically present with each other. In verse 12, we see John say the following, I have so much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. En versículo 12 de segunda de Juan, Juan dice que tiene el deseo de encontrarse con el pueblo de Dios personalmente, cara a cara. To live life together as a community is a call to be united in Christ. We are God's gathered community. Everyone has a family, even God, and that family is called the church. At Imago Church, we say that we are a gospel-centered, multicultural community where hope is built through restored relationships. En Iglesia Imago, decimos que somos una iglesia multicultural centrada en el Evangelio donde la esperanza se construye a través de relaciones restauradas con Dios y con el prójimo. So that means when there's hope through relationships, people who wouldn't ordinarily be together are going to do life together are going to be gathered around a living Lord and a personal God, Jesus Christ. The reality is that the love that we have for one another counts. El amor que tenemos aquí dentro del pueblo de Dios vale bastante. Because the truth is that the world will know the love of God beginning with how we, as Christians, as God's people, they will see how we love one another. That's what Jesus says himself. The world will know the love that God has for them by the love that we have for one another. So in verse 12 here, there's this word. There's this encouragement to do life together, physically, face face. Hay esta palabra en versículo 12 de hacer la vida juntos como una comunidad, cara a cara, físicamente. Now we, we actually, we live in an age which is 2018, which is the social media, the internet, the technology age. We live in an age where we're actually two extremes. 
We are more connected than we've ever been in human history. And we are also more isolated than we've ever been in history. More inwardly focused than any other period in time. Estamos en un tiempo, en una etapa en la historia donde tenemos la habilidad de conectar con otros, pero también estamos aislados. And what we see here in the scripture, this call to life together, is a reminder that all real relationship will lead to being together in person. Cada relación auténtica nos llama a estar juntos físicamente, cara a cara. The word actually becomes flesh. God becomes real when we do life together. There is great power in talking face to face, not just FaceTime, but real face to face connection with each other. Love becomes physical, becomes real when we are physically together. So the call here is to not take it for granted. That's why here at Sunrise and even at Imago, we have midweek gatherings. Here we have Oasis. At Imago, we have Imago Tuesday. And even though those aren't ever going to be as attended as much as Sundays, they need to happen. Because life together matters. We need to remind each other of the love of God, the mercy of God, the reality of God. So we, my, my prayer is that we would not take it for granted. And what does the scripture here says, say? The scripture here says that our joy is made complete when we learn to love and when we learn to do life together. Nuestro gozo se completa cuando hacemos la vida juntos, la alegría se completa y aprendemos a amar cuando vivimos la vida juntos como un pueblo de Dios. So to conclude here, we see that in 1 John there's this warning, keep away from idols. And then in the end here, there's an encouragement to do life together and one final encouragement in 3 John. Juan aquí concluye con animarnos. What is an encouragement? What does that mean? An encouragement is to give us courage to move forward. ¿Qué significa animar? Es animarnos y darnos valentía para seguir adelante. And we read this verse in, in verses 3 and 4 of 3 John. For I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. John is delighted that this congregation that he is with is walking in the truth. Now what exactly is the truth? The truth is many things, right? The truth is facts and knowledge. The truth is meaning, but the truth is also a person. Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When we walk with Christ, we walk in truth. 
Cuando caminamos con Cristo, caminamos en la verdad. Eternity is just that. Eternity is a relationship with this person, this person who is truth. The greatest joy for John is to hear that his disciples, that his people are walking in the truth. A truth that is not just an idea or a philosophy or an argument or a memory, but a truth that is a person. A truth that is a living Lord, Jesus Christ. La verdad se encuentra en una persona, en la persona en nuestro Señor Jesucristo. I love the way that this one writer by the name of Karl Barth puts it. That Jesus does not give us steps or he does not give us a recipe that shows us the way to God as others, other teachers of religion do. All Jesus does is he gives us himself. He gives us himself as the way to God, the truth of God. So I want us to make a commitment together as a community. Queremos que quiero que juntos hagamos un compromiso como una comunidad. Our commitment will be to say yes to John's encouragement, to John's call. So we would say yes to keeping first things first. Que juntos como una comunidad podamos tener lo principal como lo principal y lo secundario como lo secundario. To keep first, first things first is to believe that in Christ we will be rooted and grounded. That we will not settle for secondary things. En Cristo vamos a estar basados. Vamos a estar enraizados y fundados. In Christ we will be rooted and grounded. And when we stray, not if, but when, When we stray or when we lose our way, may we come back. May we come back to God's arms who are, whose arms are already extended out toward us. Permanecemos enraizados y, y, funda, y con la fundación en Cristo. Hasta cuando vamos en otra dirección equivocada podemos regresar. So to be rooted and grounded in Christ is to be rooted and grounded in the truth. Tener, tener esa fundación en Cristo es estar fundado en la verdad. And friends, to put it very simply, we gather here together on Sundays because we gather around the fact that God's word is true. La palabra de Dios es la verdad, es verdadera. And we remain rooted and grounded when we surrender to, the, to this reality that God's word is true. And this word actually witnesses to two of the most transformative and most profound truths in all of creation. Here, through this word, we learn that Jesus loves us. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. And through this word, we learn that grace is sufficient. Por medio de esta palabra, aprendemos que Dios nos ama sin condición. 
y que la gracia de Dios es suficiente. That grace is sufficient. Not our works, not our abilities, not the things we've done, not the things we haven't done, but God has done something that has changed everything. He has taken the steps to save us and to restore us. Dios nos ha restaurado y ha tomado la acción, una acción que cambia todo. And my prayer is this, may we be rooted and grounded in this truth. May we be messengers of this good news, not editors of this good news. Dios nos llama a ser mensajeros de estas buenas nuevas. No de cambiar estas buenas nuevas. So Sunrise Church, I pray a blessing upon you and that together we could commit to moving forward in courage, in resilience, and in faith. And in a confidence, not in what we could do, but in what God has done. Let's pray together. Vamos a orar juntos. Lord God, we thank you because you have taken action to save us. Has tomado acción para salvarnos. Has hecho, Señor, lo que nosotros solos no podemos hacer o no pudimos hacer. Pedimos, Señor, que nos des la valentía y la confianza para seguir adelante confiando en ti. Lord, would you give us that courage? to continue to move forward trusting in you completely. And Lord, we just acknowledge that, yes, life becomes crazy, life becomes busy, life, life becomes distracting at times. But today, as a community, may we commit to being rooted and grounded in you, in the way, the truth, and the life. To walk in truth is to walk with you. Caminar en la verdad es caminar contigo, Señor Jesús. Recuérdanos de eso hoy. Lord, we bless you and we just dedicate the rest of this service to you. In Jesus' name, amen.